we pick it up, Genesis 28, verse 12. It says, Then he dreamed, and behold, a ladder was set up on the earth, and its top reached to heaven, and there the angels of God were ascending and descending on it. And behold, the Lord stood above it and said, I am the Lord, God of Abraham, your father, and the God of Isaac. The land on which you lie I will give to you and your descendants. Also, your descendants shall be as the dust of the earth, and you shall spread abroad to the west and to the east, to the north and to the south. And in you and in your seed, all the families of the earth shall be blessed. Behold, I am with you and will keep you wherever you go. Let's pause there. Someone needs to hear that. Hear what? The Lord is with you. And he will keep you wherever you go. And will bring you back to this land. For I will not leave you until I have done what I have spoken to you. Someone needs to hear that again. He's not going to leave you until he finishes what he started. The one who called you is faithful. He will do it. Do what? Whatever he promised. But I'm not preaching it. Let's go on. Verse 16. Then Jacob awoke from his sleep and said, surely the Lord is in this place. And I did not know it. And he was afraid and said, how awesome is this place. This is none other than the house of God. And this is the gate of heaven. Let's pray. Father, thank you. Thank you for filling us up. We say, surely the Lord is in this place. And I pray that you would wake us up, God, to know it. I thank you for everyone underneath the sound of my voice, God. Those in Baltimore, God. Those online. God, those who have watched this, God, moments, months, years later. Those that are here right now, God, I pray that you will let them know, each individually, Lord, that you're with them. That you're for them. God, I pray that you will bring just this word and season, God. We have come hungry. We have come thirsty, and we say we want to be filled by you. Not just some pretty words, God, but by you. Holy Spirit, come. Fall afresh on us, we pray. And it's in Jesus' name. Amen and amen. Sandy, Matthew, Harvey, Irma. Michael, I'm going to say another name because it's probably going to confirm a suspicion that you have. What do these names have in common? Katrina, what are they? Hurricanes. I know Baltimore had to have me. They're hurricanes. They're storms. And they're historic in our nature. They've been catastrophic, many of them. Some of them killing up to 2,000 people. Some of them costing up to $161 billion in damage. We've heard about these storms. Some people have actually experienced it, lived it. They've heard about these storms. They know these storms, and their lives will never be the same. You know, be it a hurricane, earthquake, or tornado, when they're first announced, when we hear about a storm, I mean, they, they bring a lot of different emotions. Some people get a little bit excited, and then I think we're going to be off work. So, guiltily, we're going to be, I hope nothing bad happens, but I'm just glad to be off work. 
Some people, some people just start to wonder, wait, do I need to get more toilet paper? Do I need to get more provisions? What do I need to do to get? After the storm, after you've experienced it, then turns a new level of fear. Not so much fear of the unknown because you've experienced the storm. But now the fear is, wait a minute, how bad has it been? Who was really affected? Wait, the power's off. First they felt okay, like a siesta. Now everything in the refrigerator is going to go. How long until the power gets turned back on? How long until, wait a minute, the roads open back up? How long until life becomes normal again? How long does this place until it's just rebuilt? Is it ever going to be rebuilt? Does FEMA care? Does the government care? Does anybody care that I just experienced a storm? I've never been through a hurricane. Never been through an earthquake. I know it was like a long time ago when, I remember if y'all were in D.C. some years ago when like the monument, remember the earthquake that happened a long time ago? And I thought this was like something exciting. But I've never been through a hurricane, but I've been through other storms. Experience untimely death. Family issues. Health concerns. A bad weave. Oh. You have two. Wait, is she just? Or if you're a guy, you've had a bad shape up, somebody. You know what I'm talking about. We've all been through some type of storm. And a lot of us have come out of 2020. One of the biggest storms that we did not really see coming, did we? But we've experienced it. And now what? What do we, what do, we do? Storms are a part of life. The Bible is very clear. It says that in this world, you will have trials. Storms, they will come. That's not very encouraging, Pastor. I don't know what 2021 is going to be like. And I'm I'm praying for blue skies. I'm praying that it's awesome. I'm praying that it's great. I know that there's a possibility that it may not be. But it's okay. Because we're with God. He's with us wherever we go. He's with us wherever we go. We're starting a brand new series titled Break by Brick. And the whole thought of this is to how to rebuild our faith after coming through a storm. Maybe your house didn't blow down. Maybe your confidence in God did. Your trust in his perfect timing. It's been shaking a little bit. That belief in this whole exceeding and abundantly above all, all of that, that's been disturbed a little bit. It's been damaged just a little bit. And so this series is going to say how, is going to talk about how to rebuild your faith after coming through a storm. Again, we've experienced 2020, which some will call a huge storm. And some of us have experienced other things like the untimely death of a loved one. Like something major financially happened to us. If you have it, let me tell you, you will. Oh, that's not very encouraging. Let me say something positive. God wants to rebuild. Whatever has been torn down, whatever has brought a lot of devastation, whatever has been that event has just been so historic, let me tell you, God just wants to build it. He wants to build you back up. Do you want good news or bad news? Thank you. You know, my husband, he likes to say, start with the good news. No, and then end on a bad note. No, thank you. 
The good news, the good news is that it takes work. Or no, the bad news rather is that it takes, it takes work. It's not just going to happen instantaneously. God wants to build you and it happens like that. It doesn't happen like that. I do believe in instantaneous miracles. That's what I'm talking about. But I am saying that it's going to take work, especially if you've experienced a storm, you've experienced some type of devastation. What's going to happen that for it to be rebuilt, for it to be better, the latter better than the former, it's going to take work. It's going to take some intentionality. It's going to take some consistency. It's going to take us choosing to, on a regular, to partner with God. That's the bad news. Everyone say good news. It's a new year. It's a new year, everybody. It's 2021, baby. It's a brand new year. And guess what? There's new grace for you today. There's new mercies for you today. So maybe you've been tired of, maybe you've just, maybe the storm happened a long time ago and you say, I'm just tired. I don't know what God is up to or anything like that. I'm just tired. I'm just telling you there's new grace. There's new mercy. God wants to give that to you today. Amen. You know, I'm one of those people, they might think I'm a little bit odd. It's okay. We all have our idiosyncrasies. Baltimore, I hope you love me still. But I like to look for houses being built, new houses being built. Does anybody do that? Is anybody? Thank you! In the yellow, in the back, I love you. Thank you. First, anyway. So I like, <laughs> I, like, I like to just look at houses being built. I'll research some house like on Zillow or something like that, a new neighborhood being built, being constructed, and I drive to it. And I just look and I see online all the different options that the builder has, and I see, okay, okay, they chose that elevation. Okay, they chose this bump out. Interesting. I wouldn't have done that, but okay, they did that. I like that. I like that. I have a friend of a friend. Friend is a loose term. They don't even know me. But um, they're building, they're building a custom home, Baltimore. They're building a custom, custom, custom home. And I have driven to this house probably more times than they have been there. I am not a stalker. Okay. I know you're wondering. But I've been there so many times. Why? Because they, I mean they're building it from the ground up. And I wasn't there when they poured the foundation down or anything like that. But when the exterior walls went up, whoo, baby, I was rejoicing. And then when like the, I started seeing when the interior walls came up and the spiral staircase and stuff, whoo, I would just park there. And that's just how I would find peace. Nirvana. And they put up the siding. I'm like, why would you do that? That's not what I was thinking about the house. But it has like a California like thing going on, like ultra modern. It's interesting because you don't see that here in the DMV, do you? The point is, I, you think I'm crazy. That's the point. You made your point clear. No, but I love, I'm obsessed with seeing something that was not as though it is. I'm obsessed with seeing something that was dirt. And then all of a sudden becomes something that's going to be worth hundreds of thousands of dollars. This particular house, millions of dollars. Like I'm just obsessed with seeing something literally that was nothing become something amazing because someone great was building it. Let me tell you, someone great is building your life. The Bible says in 1 Peter 2, 5, you also as living stones are being built up a spiritual house. We're being built up right now. I don't feel like it. You know, there's sometimes I drove to that house and I saw it seemed like nothing was happening. I was going to talk to the contractor, as a matter of fact, where they'd be like, uh, who are you? A guardian angel. Sometimes it feels like we're not being built up, that nothing is happening. Have you ever felt that way? 
you also as living stones are being built up a spiritual house, a holy priesthood to offer up spiritual sacrifices acceptable to God through Jesus Christ. We are being built up. We are being built up. God is well aware of the storms that we've experienced. He did not cause them. He will use them. Some of us feel as if a tornado has gone right through our family. We feel like we've experienced the absolute worst. Do you know that God knows? The answer is yes. And what is he doing about it? He is building you up. Baltimore, he is building you up. Online, hear me now. He is building you up. Making you strong. Making you firm. What the enemy intended for bad, I got to tell you, God is going to be mean for good. One of my favorite shows, amen, is I, I love watching everything HGTV. I love it. And I love when they would tear down a house and stuff like that. And want something that was okay, I'm like, you didn't have to tear it down. But then when they build something else, when you see the finished product, it's just like, wow. I didn't even know it was possible to do that. Do you know what's possible for you in the hands of God? Do you know what's possible for you in the hand of God? If we would allow him to truly be the potter, to mold us, to build us, do you know who we would be? And here's the thing, some of us are already super great. Pretty awesome. Pretty great. Fantastico. My attempt at Spanish, don't laugh at me. What could be if this year we allow God to build us? What could happen? What could be if we just allow him to build us up after the storms that we've experienced? Jacob was coming out of a storm. One could even argue that he hadn't even um, been in the clear yet. And in an ordinary place, as he's running from this major storm, he encounters God in an extraordinary way. Some of you, you're feeling very ordinary now. You're feeling as if you're in an ordinary place. So you're feeling almost as if like you're in the desert. I'm just telling you, this is a perfect space to have a great, extraordinary encounter with God. And when he did, let me tell you what happens. He received both hope and direction for the future. Church, I want that for you. You've been through a lot I don't know the depths of it, but I want hope and I want direction for you. So in the next six hours, <laughs> I can't even talk that long. Actually, I probably, I, okay, let me not add. I'm just going to unpack what to do after a storm. Because we've experienced it. It could have been 2020. It could have happened a decade before. And you may not carry it on the face, but you carry it in your heart. And you carry it in the way you do life, in the way you view people, in the way you view God. Something has been broken. Something has been shattered. And we're going to go through the story. We're just going to unpack really quickly what to do after a storm. The first, if you're taking notes because you love Jesus. No condemnation here, I'm just saying is we must slow down. We must slow down. Have you ever been rushing out the house and then that's when you stub your toe? Anybody can say loud and proud that they're a little clumsy? 
Wave your hair from side to side. I'm joking. <laughs> Thank you. Baltimore. Okay. So my husband, um, he has, uh, when we're getting, going out and stuff like that, his only job is to get the kids into the car. Get the kids into the car. My job is to do everything else to make sure we are ready for a really good trip. Okay? So when the kids were a little bit younger, you have to get everything. You know when you have like toddler, like babies, infants, you have to get everything. By the time you get everything, you're just like, I'm over it. I just want to stay home. Um, but my job is to get literally everything else. I have a two and a four-year-old, and so we're getting a mask. You have to make sure you have two masks. You're getting hand sanitizers. You're making sure that you have snacks, lots of snacks. They have to be the same snacks because sometimes they fight. Okay, we, we have to get all these different things, and by the time I'm getting all these different things, I'm in my room, and I'm like, I'm not sure if this outfit's going to work anymore. So then I'm changing my outfit, and I know my husband's in the car, probably a little bit tired because God is still working on his patience. And so, and so I realized, Oh, gosh, it's been probably about five minutes. I probably should have done this a lot sooner. So I'm rushing now, trying to get everything while picking up something else that I need. And I'm running, and it's like, bam, right into a wall. You would think that I didn't know my house. You would think that that wall was just not there. But how, and I just ran into it because I was rushing, busy. I have to tell you, that happens to me probably a little bit more often than I could admit. And as soon as it happens, because it happens so often, I'm reminded in that instant to slow down. It's almost as if God like yells at me in a fatherly great tone, slow down, Zai. Just slow down. Kind of like when you're flying down 32 or flying down 95 and then you see the lights. What do you do? I think someone needs to hear it today. You need to slow down. You're running too much. You're running way too fast. Yes, it's a brand new year. You're excited to get at it. Every day I'm hustling, every, all of that stuff. You need to slow down a little bit. You're gonna run into something, and it's gonna be a brick wall. Remember that verse, he maketh me to lie down? Let's not wait for him to maketh us to lie down. But we need to slow down just a little bit. One of the scariest verses in the Bible is found in Genesis 28. And it says in verse 16, Then Jacob awoke from his sleep and said, Surely the Lord is in this place, and I did not know it. What's so scary to me is the idea that God should be trying to get my attention, trying to bless me, trying to speak to me, trying to give me wisdom, and I'm just too busy that I can't hear it. Can you imagine God showing up at your job, at your house, showing up, and then you missed him? You know, missed times with God brings dissatisfaction from God. Missed times with God, they bring dissatisfaction from God. You're dissatisfied right now, and I dare say it's because you've mistimed with God. Hoping in God never disappoints. He can't. He's a good God. He's a good father. But some of us, we're running so fast that we're missing what he has to say about the days that we're about to encounter, about the storms that we've just faced. And so in our hearts, we're disappointed, thinking that he doesn't know, thinking that he doesn't care. When he cares, he has something to say, but we're just running so fast. 
Have you ever been trying to talk to someone and they seem like they're a little bit too busy to be present in the conversation? It's like you're talking to them and they're like, like kind of, like, they're here present a little bit, but they're, they're not. They're either looking beyond you as if they'd rather be talking to someone else or they're looking at your phone or something, just a little bit distracted. Some of you people, God is still working on you. When you sense that, it's just like, ooh, I'm not, gonna talk, I'm, I'm not gonna tell you what I needed to tell you anymore. I'm here, I'll wait, you know? And you go about your business. I dare say sometimes we take that same attitude to the Lord. I feel like he's trying to talk to us. But even in our quiet time, even if our times with God, we're just a little bit distracted. And it's like, I'd rather be talking to Instagram. I'd, I'd rather be talking to my boyfriend. To, I'd rather be talking to my kids instead of talking to the King of Kings and the Lord of Lords. I'm not bringing condemnation. I'll tell you, sometimes the struggle is with me as well. And here's the thing, our God, he stands knocking. He's such a gentleman waiting for us. But we need to just slow down. Slow down. Jacob, he, he, he couldn't slow down because he was running, too busy running. He had just stolen millions of dollars essentially from his brother, running from his mistakes. Question for you, what are you running from? We're all running from something. What are you running from? I don't know. It could be a mistake from the past. It could be something that someone said that you're running away from. I gotta tell you, for me, I was running from my past. I wasn't born a saint by any stretch of the imagination. Saint Zai, just put it out there. When I radically gave my life to Jesus. And when that happened, I mean, everything changed for me. I just became submerged in the word and the church. I mean, there are different times I'll read through my Bible like twice a year, like 21 days. I was doing 40-day 40, 40 fast, like all these different things. It was radical. I love what the Lord was doing in my life. Got connected with some leaders and all that stuff, some spiritual authority. Oh, it was radical. It was great. God was doing some incredible things in my life. I was being transformed. And if you knew me before, then you knew me after. You'd be like, whoa, something happened. Yes, Jesus happened to me. So I had this real encounter with God, right? But I was still running. It was evident in my relationship with others, especially church people. Because people, or let me say this, church people sometimes can appear very judgy. Not this church, though. <laughs> and it'd be so interesting when we go to conferences or just different things like that. I mean, you're experiencing a lot of people that didn't know you. I just always felt out of place. My language spoke as though someone who was like an, a believer and all that stuff, but if you didn't know, I have a full sleeve. And so people will start a conversation, they'll see like a little bit of a fin or something like that. I'm like, whoa, do you have a tattoo? I have one, thank you. <laughs> and I am just moving, just away, cutting off relationships before they started, cutting off favor before it started, cutting off a lot of different things that I was asking the Lord for because of insecurity, because I was running, because I thought that my tattoo would remind people to let them know how bad of a sinner I was. Just running. You know, insecurity can bring a lot of different thoughts to your head. It can, bring, it can make you think a lot of things that people are not saying. They're not saying it. It's all in your head. There's this concept to talk that says, you know, stop and face your fears. Baltimore, don't do that. I was about to say crap. We don't say crap at our house. Don't do that. Stop and face Jesus. I had to stop and face Jesus and to see and hear from him 
what he thought about me, what he thought about my tattoos. I am not repping tattoos right now. It's not tat, tat, tatted up. Oh, she tatted up. No, that's not what that is. For me and for a lot of people, though, let's stay here in tattoos for a second. Oftentimes, we want to scar our body to remembrance because the storm that we're experiencing is so painful. It's so much that we don't know what to do. We kind of want to feel a little bit of life, whatever, instead of giving it to the one who can carry it, the one who can actually do something about it. <laughs> Having an encounter with God, I'm like, what do you think? He said, Zai, I think that you're a new creation. I think the past is gone, and you have become new. I think you need to know that you are covered by my blood, that I see you with different eyes through the eyes of Jesus, and that you are spotless in Jesus' name, and I have relationships for you, so stop running from them. What about you? Some of you are running so much that you're missing what God has to say about whatever it is that you've experienced, and you're cutting off very, some very same things that you're asking the Lord for. When Jacob stopped, he had a great encounter with God. It says in Genesis 28, 11, so he came to a certain place and stayed there all night because the sun had set, and he took one of the stones of that place and put it on his head, and he lay down in that place to sleep. Then he dreamed. You can never dream as long as you're in survival mode. Some of you haven't had a dream in a long time. It's because you're in survival mode. You are running. You have no vision for this year because you never stopped to ask the Lord. That's why I'm so excited that as a church, we're entering 21 days of prayer and fasting. Yes, we should clap. Someone said prayer, yes, fasting, I don't know. We're taking a moment to just stop. Stop the busyness. Stop the rushing. Taking a moment to just stop and say, God, what do you have? What do you have for me? What dreams do you have? Second point is we must look to heaven. We must look to heaven. We had family over for Christmas, and we ended up taking some pictures um, because we had all the reindeer outfits and stuff like that. We got the onesies going on. We've always wanted to do it, but we always try to do it like at, I don't know, like the 23rd of December and think Amazon is not going to fail us. They always fail us. Strike that from the record, please. <laughs> but we finally got our huge family, kids and everything like that, just with... Um, just with these onesies, so we decided to take pictures. And we took a lot of photos, a whole lot of photos. And guess what happened? I would actually show you a picture of it, but I look like crap in it. Because after you take pictures and stuff like that, no matter if there's scores and scores of pictures, what's the first thing you're looking at after you take a photo? You're looking at yourself. And I look like crap in a lot of photos, so I said all of the photos were trash. I'm not looking at it. I'm not posting it. I'm not doing anything about it. And I just realized that in life, we're generally always looking at how we look in the picture. How we look after that divorce. How we look after that child walked away. How we look after that illness. We're spending so much time looking internally, looking at how we look, that we forget to look to heaven. We forget to look to heaven. And when we look to heaven, we'll realize that he's looking down at us. 
It said that Jacob, when he stood, he saw this ladder, and he said that the Lord was standing at the top of it. When we take a moment to, to actually slow down and to look to heaven, we're going to see that God is looking down at us. He said that there was a ladder. You know, I'm a little bit height. I'm vertically challenged. And AKA, I'm a little shorter than some. And I'll just leave it there because I never say that I'm short. But in our house, there's all these different tall cabinets and stuff like that. So there's step stools everywhere. There are like ladders everywhere. And it's nothing for me because I know I need what's up top. So I, gra I grab a ladder and I reach it up top. I get what I need. Some of you, you feel like what you need is just so far away. And you feel like there's no way to get what you need to rebuild what God has called you to. The Bible says in 1 Peter 5, 8, and the God of all grace who called you to his eternal glory in Christ after you have suffered a little while will himself restore you and make you strong, firm, and steadfast. Do you know that most tornadoes last less than 10, 10 minutes? And there have been some crazy tornadoes through generations. It lasts less than 10 minutes, but yet it's potent. Many of them lethal. Sometimes the things that we experience in our lives, it lasts, the actual incident, it doesn't really last that long. But the effects are disastrous. And I was looking at that scripture again, and I was saying, wait, after you've suffered for a little while, I'm like, Lord, it happened for just a little while, but I'm suffering long after. Have you been there? That it just happened for a little, you had the job, for example, you had the job for just a little while, and so you're terminated, so why are you so affected by it? Because it still hurts. You had the child, or conceived the child, and they were only a few weeks old. And then the, the miscarriage. Like, why are you so, because it still hurts. You had the job, or you had rather the, the house, the dream house, for just a little while, and then bankruptcy sent, so you lost it. Like, you didn't have it for that long. Why does it hurt so much? Because just because it happened in the moment doesn't mean the effects aren't long, seemingly interminable. Do you know what I'm talking about, church? Some of us, the storms that we've experienced was just in a moment, less than 10 minutes, something we never saw happening. And yet we're still feeling the effects of it some years after it happened. Yet the scripture says, after you've suffered for a little while, he said he'll make us strong and firm. My God, I don't get it. And there are many other scriptures like that talking about whatever you're facing. It's light. It's momentary. There's other scriptures that says, like, count it all joy. Like, all these different things. And I just get mad sometimes. I say, God, but it's so strong. The pain is just so real. So real to the point that you become apathetic. You don't even feel anymore. You don't have the capacity to because you felt it so real for such a long time. I said, how is it possible for you to make it, for you to make me feel strong and firm when I feel like I'm sinking every day? And I'm gonna tell you something and you're probably gonna wanna throw something at me because it's so simple. I, I braced you through prayer.
Novel, I know. Avant-garde. Oh, I never thought about that, Pastor Zah. Thank you. I can go home now. It's through prayer. The Bible, when he was talking to Jesus, when he was talking to his disciples, he says in Matthew 6, 9, in this manner, therefore, pray. In this manner, therefore, pray. He wasn't giving some, something to memorize, though it's good to memorize the Lord's prayer. But he was giving us um, a, a, a baseline, a structure as to how to pray as to how to have this exchange. When we're feeling like we're sinking, when we're feeling like life is overwhelming, when we're feeling all these different emotions and we know though what God has, like what to do. He says in this manner, pray. Our Father, it's personal. Our Father, it's possessive. Our Father, know who you're talking to in prayer. Some of us, we don't know who we're talking to. We're just rattling these different things as if the person doesn't care, as if he's distracted. No, his eyes are locked in on you. He sees you, and he calls you son, and he calls you daughter. You are his, our father. Remember who you're praying to. He said, our father in heaven. That word heaven, it speaks of um, the Greek word, uranos, speaking of just the air, closer than the air I breathe. So dad, you're closer than the air I breathe. You're so real to me. Dad, you're so real to me. You're closer than the air I breathe. Hallowed be your name. Dad, make me aware of everything that's in your name. Hallowed be your name. Talking about just adding reverence, having, adding weight to the name of Jesus. What's in the name of Jesus? Everything that you need. That's found in the name. So as you're praying, be aware of who you're talking to. Know that Jesus, the God himself, that he's closer than the air you breathe. So you would want to speak to him. And here's the thing, though, about prayer. Sometimes we think it's just, uh, it's just one way that we're just talking. Make sure you quiet yourself enough to hear what he has to say. And again, I'm so excited for 21 days of prayer and fasting because we're going to lift up some requests. We are. But we're also going to take a moment to just hear him and hear what he has to say about what we're experiencing. Revelations 4.1 says, After these things I looked, and behold, a door standing open in heaven. Church, the door is open in heaven. And the first voice which I heard was like a trumpet speaking to me, saying, come up here, and I will show you things which must take place after this. I do sense for a church that the Lord is just saying, come up here. A lot of us are so, we're still looking at our, just at us, not looking towards heaven. He's saying, come up here. Prayer is how we elevate our perspective, how we see not just the trees but the forest, how we get that hope, how we get that direction. Third thing is I land is just that we must remember. We must remember. Anybody can say that they have a bad memory? Some of us? Someone put their hand up really proud. I have not the best memory. I would actually sometimes even make names up for people that I meet, because, not because I'm a really cool pastor, but because I'll probably forget your name. So if I make it up and I make some type of connection and stuff like that, then I'm more apt to remember it. I realize I'll forget a lot of different things, especially the things that God says to me. And so I've developed a habit of just writing the things that he says to me. Some of you, you need to write the things that he says to you. Because I think many of us, we are praying things that God already gave us an answer to. We just forgot it. Baltimore, hear me now. We just forgot it. We forgot what he said, or we didn't like what he said. I don't know what it is for you. But we must remember why 
because it's human nature to forget. We go through storms, crazy storms, and we experience loss. And many of us, we continue to live in loss, forgetting what was ours in the first place. Forgetting the fact that the Lord is our shepherd and we shall not want, a.k.a. we lack nothing. So if you're experiencing loss right now, it's because you forgot what was your inheritance, what's actually yours. Bless the Lord, O your soul, and forget not the benefits of knowing him, the benefits of trusting him. But we forget, and we keep running, and we keep looking at all these different things, forgetting what he promised and what he said to us. Jacob from birth, like he was just striving, stealing, doing all these different things to make something come to pass. I appreciate how much of a go-getter he was. We're not talking about being slothful or anything like that. But he was trying to make something happen that God already said when he was in his mom's womb was going to happen. When his mom was pregnant with him and Esau, he said literally that there are twins. You have twins right now, and the older is going to serve the former. This was the word of the Lord that already went forth. Yet somehow, Jacob was still hustling, trying to make something happen that God already decreed was going to happen. Losing so much, even lost a brotherhood because he was trying to make it happen in his own strength. What we call a miracle is everyday business to the Lord. Some of us are losing so much sleep. Hear me. We're losing so much sleep trying to make something happen that God already promised us in his word. And here's the thing. The Bible says heaven and earth shall pass away, but his word shall never pass away. When his word goes forth, it accomplishes everything that is set forth. God is not man that he should lie, not the son of man that he should change his mind. If he says something to you, it will come to pass. Here's the kicker. We got to remember it. We got to remember it. Christmas, there was like a pack. I ordered something from my husband, and it took some time. And I kept on getting an email, package on the way. Package on the way. I said, okay, you know what, Zai, you can have an attitude. But don't call these people, because I know you. So I said, you know, I'm going to let it go. I'm easy breezy. I'm, I'm calm. I, kept, I got like three different emails, package on the way. Chris, like two days before Christmas, I said, I don't see the package. I paid for it. Mind you, the first day I, I, I bought it, like they took it out of the account. So, it's, it, so they took the money. And so I finally got a hold of them, and I said, uh, excuse me, um, I've been getting these emails, and... I'm not, I've been getting these emails and I'm not seeing the package. Please tell me that it's being overnighted to me. No, ma'am, I'm sorry, I cannot. Okay, then put someone on the phone that's going to tell me. I'm sorry if I ever spoke to you on customer service. <laughs> Long story short, it didn't, uh, it didn't happen. I'm not going to tell you what else happened because you're going to think less of me as a person, as a woman of God. But how they try to rectify the problem, they said, well, we're going to give you about 20% off the next, um, next purchase. I said, you ruined Christmas, thank you. Like, I hate you for life. <laughs> However, you promised me 20%, I'm gonna collect my 20%. <laughs> I'm not gonna forget that 20%. 20% is 20%. It's almost as if I, it's, I got it for free, I just paid 80%. <laughs> Bad math. <laughs> but I remember, and this is something super carnal, a really dumb example. What about you? Are you remembering the words that God spoke to you? 
The Bible says in 1 Thessalonians 5.24, it says, the one who calls you is faithful. Maybe we need to all hear this because some of us are changing the key to I. Okay, the one who calls you is faithful and... I'm so sorry. I don't know if we need to go hooked on phonics. Real quick. It says, the one who calls you is faithful and... Not you. Not me. God called you. He's faithful. There's some things that he's called you to. There's some promises that he's made to you. He's talked about rebuilding you, rebuilding your marriage, rebuilding your faith. I just want to tell you that the one who called you is faithful and he will do it. He will do it. Not me, not someone else. He will do it. What's so interesting about this text is that um, I'll just read it, Genesis 28, 13. And it says, and behold, the Lord stood above it and said, I am the Lord God of Abraham, your father, the God of Isaac, the land on which I lie, I will give you to your descendants. This is God speaking directly to um, Jacob. Here's the thing, though. Jacob would have already heard this. He would have already heard this. His father just, um, he would have already heard it. He actually did hear it in Genesis 28, 4, when his father was speaking to him and said, may he give you and your descendants and blessings given to Abraham so that you may take possession of the land where you now reside as a foreigner, the land God gave to Abraham. He just heard it just a few verses earlier from his dad. He would have also heard it because his dad would have recounted the promise that Abraham made to Isaac, his dad. He would have already heard these promises from God. But yet he had to hear it from God himself for it to be real, for it to bring peace. There are some things that you're not going to hear from a pastor. There are some things you're not going to hear from a really good preaching clip online. There are some things that you're not going to hear from your super saved friend who knows everything about the Bible. There are some things that you need to hear from God himself, right to you, to your heart. And here's the thing, church, please remember it. Don't just live in the loss. And don't just accept things as they are. Hold on to the promise that he gave you. He is faithful. He will do it. If you remember nothing from this message, remember that. that as you go through this whole rebuilding phase, because we're going to rebuild our lives, amen? We're going to rebuild our faith this year, amen? Come on, Baltimore, we're going to rebuild our faith this year, amen? Praise God. As it gets difficult, because I told you the bad news earlier, it will get difficult. It will get hard. As you're rebuilding your confidence in God, as you're rebuilding just your trust in his timing, as you're rebuilding just your faith in his word, remember that he is faithful and that you're praying to your dad. And what's so really cool is that you have access to everything in heaven because that stairwell to heaven that has all these angels descending and ascending upon it, that stairwell, his name is Jesus. He is the only way that we can get to heaven, and he is God coming down to earth on us. And if you have him, then you have access to everything that the Bible says is yours. You have access to everything that the Bible says is yours. 
And you can pray confidently knowing that your prayers are going to be answered in Jesus' name because you're literally praying in Jesus' name. Church, I'm excited for the work that God's going to do in our lives. I think you're going to be surprised what he builds in yours. I think you're going to look up and you're like, whoa, I'm worth hundreds of thousands in Jesus' name. Somebody better claim that miracle. Let's pray. Father, thank you for loving us, for seeing us. Thank you for building our lives. Thank you for sending us Jesus, your son, to die on the cross for our sins. Thank you for all the access that we have to heaven. God, we love you. If you could take a moment, just say, Holy Spirit, what are you saying to me? Allow him to speak to you. Allow him to make this message just personal for you. Some of you are hearing very clearly, slow down. Slow down. Some of you right now, you're hearing, you're looking too much at the situation and not enough at me. Look to heaven. I'm still faithful. And for yet some more that are tuned in online or you're in the room, maybe this is the first time back in church, maybe you grew up in church, maybe you just haven't been in a while, but you just said something said to tune in today. Something said to come in today. And throughout the service, you just felt something in your heart. And I dare say that's the Holy Spirit knocking, saying, will you let me in? Saying, I know that you've drifted, but I want you. I'm not upset, I have love for you. And some of you have been running, you felt the weight of the world for such a long time, you felt that mistake, you felt like God could never love someone like you, could never forgive something that you've done. And I just want to say that's not true. That right now the Lord is saying, let me in, let my grace in, let my son in. And if that's you, I would love to pray for you. You that's feeling as if that you feel disconnected from God. You that just wants a fresh start in your relationship with God. In a moment, I'm just going to pray. And here's the beautiful thing about it. The Bible says just believe in your heart and confess with your tongue that Christ Jesus is Lord. And in that moment, he steps in. So if that's you, say this prayer with me. And church, out of encouragement, let's all say this prayer. Say, Lord Jesus, thank you for loving me. Thank you for dying on the cross for my sin. God, I ask that you step into my life, lead me, and I will follow you. And God, thank you for what's next. In Jesus' name, amen and amen. Can we give a hand clap to the Lord? Come on, we can do a little bit better than that. Thanks again for tuning in to this week's message. If you want to learn more about our church, check us out at www.yourdestiny.church. Meet our leadership team, find a way to connect with our church, and partner with us through giving. You can also connect with us on social media by visiting our Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram pages. Tune in next week for another message from our pastor, Stephen Chandler.